Welcome to Get Unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Over the next hour, you will be given valuable tips and tools you can use to overcome what keeps you stuck. Now, here is Jason. Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins. Each week, a distinguished guest will share their own unique perspective about what it takes to move beyond stuck and achieve their truest potential. Get Unstuck Radio champions our individual capacity to move forward and get the life you truly desire. Regardless of where you are, I am hopeful you will discover the inspiration and courage to make an impact in your own life. Today, I'm thrilled to have my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Jean Miller. Jean is a licensed professional counselor in Colorado, a licensed mental health counselor in Washington, a nationally certified counselor, an approved clinical supervisor, an educator, and a researcher. She utilizes a person-centered, strengths-based approach, focusing on the holistic wellness of mind, body, and spirit. She is currently a clinical director and private practice clinician, and her background includes working with clients in private practice, community mental health, and higher education. Jean believes life is a journey of self-discovery, learning, and developing into our truest selves, and is honored to walk alongside others on their own journey. Let's get started. Welcome, Jean. I'm thrilled that you're here today, and especially for the inaugural episode of Get Unstuck Radio. Good morning, Jason. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. So, Jean, um, I read your bio really quickly there. Did I miss anything? I mean, you are such an accomplished individual, and um, I'm just really honored that you're here to share and, and we can learn from you today. No, thank you. I think you covered it well. I appreciate it. So as we get into this, you know, the the episode today is about trauma, uh, grief, healing, um, things that happen in our lives that really put a pause on things that 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 stop us in our tracks um, and then give us an opportunity to choose how we're going to show up and begin again. And I know you have a pretty uh, phenomenal story from a profound loss that happened in a few years back. And I'm hoping that we can talk today and shine some light on on grief and healing. How does that sound? That sounds great. So, Jean, just, you know, for our listeners, give us a little background on kind of where this journey of, you know, profound loss started and and overcoming grief and then now your journey into healing. Absolutely. You know, I um I don't know that my story is is very unique. Um for me it was a real life changer and uh the unexpected loss, the death of my husband, uh who was, you know, we grew up together. We were childhood sweethearts, uh married for almost 26 years. Uh, in each other's lives for about 30 years, um, he passed away unexpectedly on Valentine's Day, believe it or not, in 2020. Um, and and it it has been a journey. I you know the thought of healing or overcoming grief. I think that is a an interesting topic because I don't know that we ever truly heal or that I've overcome it. But hopefully, I can share um, some of the some of my experience to, to maybe help others through their profound loss. Well, I, I appreciate your willingness to show up and share with others because I know that that takes courage and strength to do so. Um, and frankly, you know, not having personally been through something exactly like you have, I do think that there is something unique in walking this journey with you and recognizing um, how you've done this with such grace. And that um, really is inspirational to me. So 
you know, you have a lot of credentials, a lot of letters behind your name, um, and, and, a, and a lot of training that you would think would prepare you for going through a loss like you did um, with your husband. How how did that help or hurt you in um, the process of, of kind of moving through this? Great question. You know, I look at it as, as a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, I had spent years throughout my higher education as a counselor um, and also working with clients in grief uh, in private practice. So intellectually, academically, practically, um, I've had the experience or thought that I had had the experience to really truly understand grief and understand loss. I come from a place within my own counseling that I really feel like we can connect just with the human condition. So that just because, for example, I have not experienced, let's say divorce, for example, that I can, I I really believe I can still help clients and work with them. So I don't feel that you have to have the exact same experience necessarily to be able to work with clients and to support them. Okay. Yet, you know, this loss made me realize or has made me realize that everything that I've learned about grief, about loss, about healing, um, and everything that I've I've worked with clients on, you know, it's all in the head. It's it's academic. It's intellectual. It's an incredibly different experience than than the feeling, the heart part of it. Right. And so I would say that you know, it prepared me in the sense of I know and knew how to immediately seek resources and seek support. And I have a really un, a, a very um, in depth understanding of depression and what that feels like. And so some of the experience was not or has not been brand new to me, but yet knowing it, you know, doing it, helping others, and then being in my own grief, com- two completely different experiences wow, to this that's- day. That, that's that's compelling to learn. And I can imagine, you know, there are so many things that practically we get trained to show up for in our lives and we meet other people at those places. I mean, I'm reminded of even doing that in, in my own life and career. And you're right, until something happens that kind of stops you in your tracks that maybe you've never experienced before, you really, you can't fully understand what the journey is like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to further complicate things for me, I, I believe that I've lived a blessed life when it comes to loss. I, other than my grandparents, my, my, my last grandparent, I think I lost when I was 23 years old. I really haven't had a lot of experience with close, with, with the death of people very close to me throughout my life. And so for the first death to be, or loss to be my own husband, um, has added such a layer of of depth to this, and and it makes it so um, so foreign to me personally. Right. Now, again, professionally, I can tell you what you need to know about grief and the stages, and and what it feels like, and how you should take care of yourself. But you know, that's very very different than feeling this myself. What I know in in having walked this journey with you as a friend. Um, the process is not linear. And and oh, what you've just described is a really, the, the textbooks describe it in a really linear way. And I, and I don't, I you know, feelings are one of those things that you feel them until you don't. And, and they come and they go and there's waves of ups and downs. Talk to us for a second about how unexpected that was and, and how different it was from what your training had taught you. Absolutely. 
you know, everyone knows or most people that know about grief or grief counseling knows about the five stages of grief. Um, Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, this linear process of these are the things that you go through at certain points in your grieving process. It is absolutely, you know, it's been it's been negated Um, when she developed those stages. They were really for people that were were in hospice that were were preparing for a loss, preparing for this grief. And so um, when it when it happens to you, there there is no linear there are, there are no phases. I mean, you can't say yes, okay, initially there's the shock, there's the numbness, there's the, you know, disbelief. Beyond that, for me personally, and I, and I think for, for others that I've worked with, I work with clients in grief currently as well. Um, it's it's a shock. the The emotions go up and down. The phases go up and down. Um, anniversaries hit you a different way. Holidays hit you a different way. And so it's really very hard to predict. Um, there are some, you know, there are some things that that people know. Like year one might feel like this. By the time you get to year three, it might feel like this. But it is absolutely unpredictable. It's a personal journey. There are so many variables. The relationship you have with the person that you lost is is a huge factor. You know, right. me losing a spouse <clears throat> may be very different than someone else losing a spouse or a partner. Our relationship was unique. I like to say it is unique because I feel we still are in relationship with one another in a different way now. Um, so there are so many factors that it's it's very confusing when people read these linear stages or have that expectation because then you think what am i doing wrong why am i not at this phase instead of this phase and so um i've done a lot of research and and there are a lot of uh, people out there that work in the grief counseling community or healers that have really you know added for example what a sixth stage might look like making meaning of it david right. kessler does a lot of work around okay now what how do i make meaning of this loss so it's it's confusing, and, and I would really, I would really support uh, people that are going through loss and, and their own journey to to kind of throw those stages away. It's 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 there's no recipe that we're supposed to follow. We're humans, and it's not, you know, it's going to be incredibly different for everyone, based on your own life phase, based on your own experience with loss. Right. I love that, and you know, really, my whole premise around Get Unstuck Radio was really to you know, recognize places that we can get stuck in our lives and and help people with, you know, having experts on the show or people who have live, living experience really go through kind of their journey. And, and my goal ultimately is for people to recognize that they're not alone. I'm assuming as we're talking about grieving as a process, this doesn't just apply to grieving the loss of a loved one. It could apply to grieving many other things. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. This, the sense of, you know, the the combination of emotions, the unpredictable nature of it, whether it be loss of a marriage, loss of a job, loss of identity, loss of, there's so many different things that, that, that um, we lose in life. Um, It can also be, you know, anticipatory grief. Many of us, you know, have aging parents. And so that loss of how things used to be in a marriage or in a relationship or in a family or with your parents. So there are a number of different types of losses that I think all of this, this applies to. Um, And to me, the common denominator really is kind of knowing yourself and knowing that it's your own personal journey and your own experience. And you don't need to look to the experts to know how you're supposed to grieve or how you're supposed to, to walk this journey. 
Right. I, I love that. So it's it's really unique to you and individualized to, you know, kind of your own timeline and feelings. Um, I do want to get into in just a little bit, you know, what were the active steps you took when the process started? But before we get there, you know, let's talk for a second. Uh, one of the one of the hallmarks that I remember you and I talking about so early is that you were young and to be a widow at a very young age you know, comparatively speaking, when you enter these rooms with other people who are going through the loss process of of their spouses, um, talk to me for a minute how different that was. And, mm. you know, what are the parallels and differences that you see among those conversations in, in the groups that you've been involved in? Yeah, great question. I think the most recent research shows, I think it is something like 3% of widows fall within the age range that I was in. I was 49 when I lost my husband just a few years ago, he was 49 as well. Um, and that experience, you know, looks incredibly different than being 70 or 80 and being at right. that phase of life. And also, you know, on the flip side, I am by no means the youngest person to ever lose a spouse or a partner. There are women in their, you know, in their 20s or or people that, you know, are still raising little kids that lose their partner. And so the experience, once again, you know, similar to what we were just talking about, that makes a big impact on on how we grieve and what it feels like. Um, for me personally, the, you know, we were just beginning that empty nester phase. We were just starting to feel the freedom of of travel and and more time together and not really focusing that that effort on raising our family and working to get wherever you were supposed to get. We got there. And so right. to lose him so suddenly, um, has just thrown, and I hate to say past tense because I'm still in that whirlwind, but has thrown me into such a, a completely new life. Um, and, and I think that, you know, when you look at what might this experience feel like raising little children, um, and, and for my own, we have two children, uh, adult children, uh, 23 and 27. So, you know, there is an un unbelievable amount of grief over that for their loss. And so um, it really just depends on, on where are you in your life and what kinds of things are you still doing and what are you involved in? And that also impacts how you heal and, 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 and how you grow. Right, right. Um, and, and again, I can't imagine from your perspective, of course, I've had considerable loss in my own life. You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about and planning for this is when when tragic things happen in our lives, the expectation that we have that people are going to show up for us, our, our trusted circle is going to show up for us. What has your experience been like of the people you expected to show up versus the, the surprise gifts of people who may have showed up instead or in addition to? Oh, you know my experience very well. And you are one of those that has continued to show up, which you know how much I appreciate that um, as a friend. It, it's been shocking. It's been shocking. And, and and there are reasons why, you know, those closest to us, you know, may very well have had that close relationship with the person that was lost. So they too are in their own grief. Um, I have been very, very surprised at just the nature of grief, which many people say, you know, that first year, we were surrounded, my family was surrounded by love and by support. And, and life goes on. Eventually, right. those people get back to their own lives as they should. Yet to us, to me, especially in the kids, it's a daily loss. We're feeling it every single day, yet the world moves on and we have to continue in our own lives. So it's been disappointing. It's been challenging. It's been confusing. It's been hurtful. On the flip side, 
there are people that have come into my life that would never have come into my life had I not lost my husband, Don. And so I'm incredibly blessed by new friends, new people in the grief community, new supporters, um, very special people that have come into my life that I would not have had the opportunity to meet had we still been married and and had I still been in my old life. So, right. so I think there is a beautiful. silver cloud in that, the silver lining, excuse me, in that. And, and as you and I have discussed many times, it's incredibly painful to have those discoveries and realizations of the people that you think are going to be in your corner just aren't. But you're right. And, and that's an exercise in finding grace for maintaining a relationship with those people, people moving forward if you choose, but also the opportunity for people to show up that never would have otherwise. I think that's really, that's really special. Uh, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And, and I think to further add to that layer, Jason, just the societal discomfort with grief. The, the the fear of saying the wrong thing. So I think that I don't believe that the people that maybe felt more distant were not supporting me and didn't miss miss my husband. They but didn't know what are, to do. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say before right. this experience. I thought I did. And so I do give grace to those people. And and I and I understand and I hope that you know when the time comes that they may experience loss that I can do a better job of showing up than I might have done before losing my husband. So what what is what is the thing that somebody should say if somebody that you know oh, is going through through loss or grief? I mean, is there anything that that did bring comfort? You know, we all the platitudes that we've all learned. I'm sorry for your loss. My thoughts and prayers are with you. They're beautiful things, and and I know they do come from from a good place. For me, the most helpful thing has been, I don't know what to say. I just I'm here. I'm here for you. I have no idea what to say. What you just said, Jason, I've, I've been conflicted over the I can't imagine comment. At first, my response was, I can't even imagine what I'm going through, if that makes sense. But now I can, you know, three years really almost to the day can look back and say, I understand why people say they can't imagine right. because now I'm I'm recreating my life. And who can imagine having <laughs> to do that at, at this age, especially? Right. That's beautiful. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to talk to Jean about the practical steps that she took of moving through the grief and healing process. And we'll see you guys in two minutes. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show... Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Do you dream about success but wonder how to get there? Hillary DeCesar and her guests will reveal how they relaunched into lives they only dreamt about. Their stories will inspire and surprise you and ignite your inner sparks. The Relaunch, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. And we're back. Today I have my guest, Dr. Jean Miller, and we're talking about grief and healing after profound loss. Um, So if you're just now joining us, we're talking about um, you know, Jean, you, you were sharing beautifully about, you know, you're moving through the grief process and healing. Talk to me now and share with us what were the practical steps? I mean, I know you you practically were prepared as a clinician, but what did that look like for you? You know, and, and how quickly did you start beginning the process, you know, once once you you were getting back out into the world, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to point out too that um, that my loss occurred right at the beginning of COVID. So right. had it been a few weeks later, we would not have even been able to gather to have his celebration of life. And so the world that became COVID um, really impacted my ability to seek support and to seek resources. Um, it also provided, though, this incredibly safe bubble of, of home, right, and of comfort and and the availability of many people in my life because no one was going anywhere. A lot of people were not working. And so I found that very in- to be very interesting timing, um, both good and bad. Um, I right away, Jason, and you know this, I can remember you and I went for a walk probably a few weeks after and and you were commenting on the amount of resources I had already put into place. Um, I went into do mode. I went into counselor mode right away. I found a counselor. I found a support group. I found a spiritual healer at my church. Um, I started doing what I could uh, physically going to the doctor, taking care of my own mental health and my own physical health. I shifted into that gear of resources and support and doing what I thought I was supposed to do right away. Very, very quickly, too. Now that I look back, I'm, I'm amazed at some of the things I was able to do. Um, I, I was able to submit some poems to a book on grief, and I was able to participate in podcasts and do things that now looking back, I'm proud of, but I was doing. And I think they, in some ways, postponed some of my being and feeling because I was right away doing what I thought a strong professional counselor, a strong woman, as I was raised to be, should do. Right. Um, and so, you know, those were, I, I assembled a team, I guess, didn't realize I was assembling a team, um, but they were very helpful things to put in place very early on. Um, I think the thing that you realize or that I've realized, I hate to speak for the collective view, but the thing that I've realized is you can do as much as you're supposed to do, but if you don't slow down and feel the feelings and be with the grief, 
it's going to come back up and, and, and bite you at some point, which it has for me a number of times. Um, I would even say it's wherever you go, there you are. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, and, you know, had we had the show a week ago, I would be in a different place, right, because of the anniversary of, of the day of his loss. And so, you know, putting in place, and I think everyone has this ability, they might not know the resources in the same way that I do because of my my training, but putting into place uh, the support that you need, whatever that might look like. For some people, that is their church. For some people, it's family. For others, it's counseling. Um, there are just a number of ways to, to seek and to get that support. The key to me has been for anyone going through this as well is to not try and do it alone. I know um, being, being in the helping profession and being just the kind of person I've always been, I like to help other people. I like for people to come to me when they need help. So for me to ask for help was and is incredibly challenging. It still is to this day. And that it, when I get outside of my head and look, think about that, I think, well, how do you not know how to ask for help at this? You know, you're in your early 50s. This is crazy. But I'm not comfortable. I, w- I would almost kind of rather suffer, not to sound like a martyr, but kind of suffer in silence than then burden others with with my pain. Um, so I'm still figuring out how to do that, um, especially with the new people that have come into my life that didn't know my husband, that only know me and the kids in this new life that we're in. And so that's been a challenge as well. You know, how much do people really want to hear it? And then the voice in my head saying, well, you know, it's been three years. You should be. You should be. Uh, my counselor says to stop shooting all over myself. Because I was going to say, we, we there is do no that should. all the time. <laughs> there is no should, right? I should. So, you know, the wise people that are in my life have said to me, you had a relationship with him for 30 years. That's not going to be healed right. in three his loss will not be healed in three. I don't think it ever will be. I think, you know, what I'm learning is it's accommodating the loss. I'm learning how to grow and live around the loss. The love never will go away. It's still, it's, it's almost stronger in many ways because he's not here to argue and make me angry, right? It's, he's not here to go through the normal frustrations you might have in a, in a marriage. So, um, so I, I, I'm proud of the resources I put in place, um, and even for our kids, you know, to be able to help them with the resources that I found and, you know, whether it be books or podcasts or, or anything, you know, whatever it takes to, to, to help you with whatever you're feeling in this process. And, and that seems spot on. I mean, it, what, what I really took away from what you shared a minute ago is you moved into do mode pretty quickly. And I, I yeah. recall, I recall that walk that you're talking about. It was around yeah. my house. Yeah. And and really, I think every conversation we had at least the first year and a half was around my being so impressed with how much yeah. you had done. In in your experience of being involved in grief groups and working with other people who have, have gone through you know similar losses, it, is that pretty common for people to move into that do, do mode or was that just more how you're wired? Well, again, I want to be careful to not say, you know, how people should do it. I know that's not what right, you're asking, right, right. but but no, it's not. I mean, I know a number of people that would never seek counseling, don't believe in the medication that might be helpful for someone, not for grief, but for depression or or issues that might come out of that grief. Um, so I don't I don't know that there's a normal. I do think that I um because of my training and because of my education realized that I needed it and, and, and knew how to find it. Um, 
but I do think there are a lot of people that do suffer in silence or, or don't, um, or maybe even don't know the resources or have the resources or the financial resources or know how to, how do I find counseling if I don't have insurance or if I can't, if I can't afford it. So um, I do feel like my situation might've been a little bit unique because of, of who I am and what I'm trained to do. Um, but even it's funny, Jason, even when you say that, I remember feeling very uncomfortable when you would uh, compliment me on it. Like, you know, I don't, I, and I remember thinking, you know, thank you, but I don't know if I'm even doing this right. Where's the book? I, I don't know if I'm doing it right today. Um, last year I was on a podcast, a video, a live podcast for an organization that I'll, I'll talk to you about a little bit later, but they asked me on Valentine's day last year to, to be interviewed. And when I did it, many people said to me, how did you, how can you even do that? How can you even talk about it today of all days? And I look back now and I think, you know, was I faking that strength? Was I really, you know, as strong as people have said, oh, they're, you know, they're so amazed with my strength. I don't know if that's, it's a compliment. Of course, that's how they mean it. But I don't know if I've always felt very strong. I just didn't know what else to do. Well, and, and regardless of if it was strength or not, I mean, you've had a consistent willingness to show up. Yeah. even when yeah. you didn't want to and i think there's a real there's a real tenacity in persevering even when we don't want to show up and i mean you know there there are many similarities i mean the the grief and loss that i've experienced in my life is significantly different than yours but what i did recognize and i think that's probably as we're talking about me complimenting you and that not feeling comfortable i can recognize it from a different space because when i was going through loss and beginning again I remember I spent a long time really lost and yeah. and didn't have the same capacity to just show up. I did like you. I, I am a doer and did move into action, but I can can completely acknowledge and recognize that that a lot of it felt like fake it till you feel it. It still does. I'll be honest, it still does. There are days now that I don't want to do. I don't want to do. I want to feel. I want to spend all day on the couch and listen to sad songs and watch Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and and it's okay. It's okay to right. have those days. But I also think, Jason, for me, um, there are two reasons why I think that I've been able to persevere. Number one, the the the, the most important one is our children. So they are you know, they've experienced a loss. And I don't want to say that I can't imagine my parents are both still with me. They're they're eighty. I I don't know what it feels like to lose a father at in my twenties, and not just any father. My husband, their father, was incredibly involved in both of their lives. He, you know, many people have said to me he did more in less than fifty years than people do in a hundred when it comes to family. We were his priority, and so it was very important to me. I didn't feel that I could crumble. I didn't feel that I could. I didn't want to end up um, in that dark, dark place because I have a responsibility. Even though they are young adults, I want to be, I want to model for them healing and strength um, authentically, you know? Um, and, and I, you know, not to get too, you know, I don't want to get too much into the actual event or incident, but I promised him that as I was saying goodbye, I said, I've got the kids and I, and I believe he heard me. I believe he heard me. Right. So that, 
that motivation continues to this day. And they're all, they're in their own journey and cycle um, because of the different relationships. I, we have a son and a daughter, um, Donnie and Morgan, and they had unique relationships with their father. So they're dealing with this uniquely. Um, so they have their ups and downs. I don't want to be in my down day when they're in their dark days. I, right. I think it's kind of the mama bear in me that no matter how old they are, I feel somewhat of a sense of guilt, even though this was not my doing, but they've been through something that nobody in their 20s should have to go through. And now for the rest of their lives and our lives together, uh, this will be there. The the, the things that come experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the, the, the beautiful things that will happen in life, marriages or, or grandchildren, or, you know, we've already had a few of those momentous events that their dad wasn't there for. Right. And so I almost feel this incredible mm-hmm. honor. It's a weight, but responsibility to be both mom and dad, because I know what he would want. And I, we parented together and, and I don't want that to end. Well, and you guys did that so beautifully. And and I would mirror <laughs> the you. sentiments that, that Don accomplished a lot in his life. And, and the one thing I could say unequivocally is there is no question he loved you all. Like, oh my God, you know, no, un- thank you. As close to unconditional as you could get. I, you, thank you, yes. Absolutely. You you mentioned this nasty G word a minute ago, guilt. Um, <laughs> and, and that really, that pinged for me. Like, talk to me about this, this guilt. I think that's a pretty common emotion that people feel like I'm here, somebody's left behind, or I have a responsibility, or I'm not doing it right, or doing it the way that they would want me to. Talk to us a little bit about how has that played a role in your in your journey of recovery? The guilt? Yeah. Um, you know, we believed as as a as a, a unit, as a parenting team, we did everything, and I think many parents do this to shield our kids from the horrors of the world, right? From the terrible things that happen. I remember when 9-11 happened, our son Donnie was very young in elementary school and we did everything possible to let him not see that or see the news or see what was happening because you want to protect your children. And here, here, this was something I could not and cannot protect them from. And it is, it is incredibly challenging. I oftentimes, I say this and my daughter got upset with me last week. Morgan said, I, that's so sad, mom. I said, I feel worse for you two about your loss than my own because I can't, I can't protect them. And, and, and there's no way he would have wanted to influence their lives in this way for the rest of their lives. So I think that's where the guilt comes in. And, you know, I know I couldn't have controlled it. I couldn't, we did everything possible to help him. Um, when this, when this happened that night. Um, but I do feel that and I'll probably always feel that. And and so I have to turn then to the growth I see that they're having because of this and the incredible human beings they are and are becoming because of this loss. Right. Um, I see him in them every single day, every well, single day. And how, how beautiful to be able to recognize, you know, the, those gifts and those similarities and then just to to be a mirror for them and you being in your own journey and showing up to meet them where they are in theirs. It, you know, again, I'm not one for for regret or looking back um, with any kind of regret. But if you had to go back, is there something you would have done different at this point? In the last few years, do you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> still, I still struggle with this. I can tell everyone else how they should handle grief and loss and, you know, allow, give yourself grace and feel the feelings. I still struggle with that myself. I still struggle with giving myself the grace and allowing myself to feel and not confusing that with, oh my goodness, I'm taking steps backwards in my healing because I'm having such a hard time. Um, so I, I, I think that if I could, <laughs> if I could figure out how to lighten up for my own journey and do the things that I, that I offer to others and, and to talk to the kids about, then this journey would be a little bit lighter and a little bit easier. And I'm still learning how to do that. I'm still learning how to do that. And I'm not, I'm not great at it, to be honest. Well, I think that goes back to we're human beings, not human doings. And and this yeah. this journey of learning to be outside of having profound experiences like this, I mean, it's tough. And, tough. you know, yeah. even for you and I, with the training and the education that we have, you far more than I specifically in the clinical space, you know, we're taught all of these things that we should do. And yeah. and I love that. Stop shooting on yourself because <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, is we often make our journeys so much harder than they need to be yes. just because we set expectations for ourselves about what we should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I just talked about this in my own therapy last week. You know, one of the, the most amazing things for me that I'm learning about grief or have learned is the physical implications. It's not just that you're sad. There are physical manifestations in your body, in your mind, the inability to focus, the inability to work as hard as I always worked. I don't know if I'm ever going to physically feel like I used to feel. So I will find myself at work and, and mad at myself. Like, why can't I do this faster? Why, why do I not remember what we talked about in that, that last meeting? You know, why am I still in this fog of grief? And I have to just slow down and say, stop asking why you are, it is, and just be with it. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to feel better tomorrow, maybe than I do today. So I'm just learning to give myself the grace and also just to feel the emotion and to sit with it and be okay with it. I love that. What I what I take away from that is just be. Just be. And isn't that a beautiful thing? It is. And I but I but I I feel like a hypocrite even saying it because I know that's what we should do. I, I gotta stop saying should, but it's very it's much easier to say than to do. So to just I, be. I think the real reality is life is messy, we're messy. And on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> And when okay. we come back, we're going to talk about the practical resources that really helped you um, moving through this process. Sounds good. Thank you. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. 
Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. And we're back. Thank you for taking a break with us. Um, I have here today my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Jean Miller, and we're talking about the um, the profound experience of grief and healing and what that timeline can look like when you go through a sense of loss in your own life. Um, before the break, we were talking about Jean's own personal journey. Um, for the last part of this segment, I'd really love us to move into um, what are the ways that, you know, somebody who's experiencing grief, you know, currently or previously or recently, um, what are the resources that they might rely on and count on? Of course, could be based on your personal experience, Jean, but, you know, Really, if somebody is listening that has experienced a loss and is in the grieving process, what would be the first thing that you might tell them to do if they're just really struck, stuck and struggling? I think that um, a little bit of similar to what we talked about, Jason, to just really to allow yourself the grace that that um, this is a journey and to, to your journey is going to be unique and to, to feel the feelings and it's okay, whatever feelings may come up emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, to just be with it, whatever time frame that looks like. Um, and then the second thing would really be to find, seek out support, whatever that looks like to you in your life. It may be family. It may not be family. They may be the ones that um, because of the pain you're experiencing, they're too close to the loss and they might not be able to really provide the, the, the support that you need. Right. Um, so finding those resources, um, being a clinician, I think there's incredible value in therapy. Um, but for some, it's not mental health therapy. For some, it's a spiritual guidance through their church, or it may be, you know, nature. It may be whatever, whatever really speaks to your soul when it comes to, to healing and, and to growing. Um, so, but, but, you know, going to the, the clinical side of things, the number one thing, and this is going to sound incredibly basic. You do not need to be a clinician to know this basic self-care. Even today for me, three years later, I have to remind myself, you know, sleep enough, eat the right, eat, eat in the right way, get enough exercise, get outside in the sun. So basic self-care and that's not only in the beginning, Jason, it's going to keep coming back and whatever those those grief bursts that, that occur. Um, for many people, as I said, it's therapy. For others, it may be, you know, um, activities such as journaling or massage or yoga or, or you know, their own growth, whether it's reading. There are a number of incredible resources out there on grief and healing. Um, for some people, they don't want grief counseling. You know, there's a lot on grief out there. 
Right. For me, I got to a certain point where I had to stop buying grief books and I had to shift to, I think you told me that. I think you brilliantly said, Gene, get off of all those grief sites, get off of the Facebook grief groups. It's too much. It's too much. So for me, and that was brilliant advice, the shift had to be more towards healing. What do I, I know I'm in grief now? How do I heal? Um, but I do think it's important. The, the, there's an unbelievably close connection with depression and grief. For some, you know, the depression becomes so overwhelming that it can be debilitating. And so right. to know your body, to maybe, you know, whether you think you need it or not, to go see your primary care doctor and, and just get a get a physical and see what what might be needed. Um, I personally never was on uh, medication for for depression. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a supporter of it and, and I, many of my clients are on it and it's, it's, it's a personal decision, but for the first time in my life, I realized I needed some help. I needed to be able to, to not have these highs and lows because at a certain point I had to get back to work and I had to kind of step back into the world. Um, so for some that might look like, you know, maybe needing some assistance with getting better sleep. Um, so just to know, to, to get, get checked out, Number one, and to find whatever resources or to build that network for you. Um, I believe that it's a holistic journey. I think it's not just about this this misperception that you're just sad and it's just emotional. It is absolutely a physical experience as well and a spiritual experience. For many people, they question their spirituality for the first time because of you know how could how could this happen? For others, they move towards spirituality in a different right. way because of this new belief in this connection to maybe it's the afterlife. And so, um, so you know, that's a little bit of a combination, Jason, of clinical and personal, um, but taking care of yourself, whatever that might look like, and and leaning on others. And that's okay. I love that. And and I want to underscore, you know, the, the self-care and taking care of yourself. I mean, the, the getting sleep, focusing on nutrition, exercise, sun on your head. I mean, those are things that we should be doing anyways. That's yeah. not just yeah. somebody going through a grief process. I mean, that's appropriate self-care for anyone. I mean, you know, I'm a broken record in the work that I do with youth around how important those tools are, you know, and really having really healthy skills and habits. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the things that I took away from what you were just sharing and maybe validate this for me you know, the emotions are not linear either. Like you're not sad 24 seven, you know, you have a range of emotions that go up and down. Um, and, and I admire your strength and courage to say, Hey, I need some additional help and reach out for it. Like for anybody that's listening, I think that's so important to be able to recognize. And, and if you don't recognize it in yourself and you have a trusted friend or a friend group, and somebody that just says, like I said to you, you, you got to get into healing and stop buying grief books, you know. And again, that was pretty far into the process. That didn't happen right. in one. Right. Um, right. But you know, sometimes the people that are a part of your lives will tell you things that you don't necessarily want to hear, hear, but can make a huge impact in you moving to the next stage of your process. And if you show up and you listen, that can be really valuable advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, learning to accept that, that advice and support is the second part of that. I think it's been amazing to me, Jason, there, there are a few people in my life, you being one of them for sure. um, And additional friends that have not experienced this kind of loss, but for some reason, they're able to show up, they still show up, right? Many of them knew my husband. And so there's that 
dynamic. So they feel even closer to it because of knowing him for so many years. But even those that didn't, they just still, they still show up and it's, and it's okay. It's okay for me to say, no, you know, I don't feel like attending that family event or that social event. And I don't want to have to have an excuse why I just don't feel like it. And that's okay. That's okay. Well, and I could say from having been a part of this journey with, with you, um, you know, and recognizing from my own personal loss and, and setbacks, um, I think one of the things that's most important when you want to show up for somebody that's struggling a- as a friend, I think you have to be able to show up with no expectation and, yeah. you know, recognize that, you know, you and I have had breakfast dates, coffee dates, something like that, that you've had to cancel because you're just not in it today. And, you know, while that may be hard for me to hear in the moment, the reality is, is I, I can go back and think in my own, you know, recovery journey and recognize, again, it's not linear. And when things hit you, yeah. they hit you and, and yeah. making space to, to be in that moment, I think is, is really the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the journey too is, is knowing, learning this, all of this and, and making some meaning of it, making some sense of it. Um, I know in my heart that I can help others in a different way now, professionally and personally, because of this loss. And, and that, you know, that to me is, is the beauty and the growth in this, in this horrible experience. Um, I want to make a difference. I want his life to have meaning. I know that for me clinically, it's changing the course of the work that I'm doing and want to do. Um, I feel this incredible connection with, with working with clients that have experienced loss or are experiencing loss. And so um, part of showing up, I think, is, is figuring out what, what to do with this without putting the unnecessary pressure of, oh, my goodness, I have to do so much right now wow. to make a difference. And I felt that, too, like, why, when am I going to feel ready to, 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 to help others, you know? Am I being a hypocrite by saying I can help you with your grief when I have days where I still don't feel like getting out of bed sometimes? So, um, but but giving back to me, and, and again, it looks a little bit like the basics of self-care. We all know in our own lives, no matter what the situation is, helping others makes us feel better. And so giving back in whatever way, maybe to take our mind off our own pain, but also to 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 show up in a way that that's making the world a little bit of a, a better place. I don't want to sound overly idealistic, but I want to make a difference. I want I want his life and his death to have more meaning than just for my own family. Well, and 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 you know, having experienced it firsthand, you really are doing a beautiful job at 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 building the legacy that Don leaves behind. And and I think Thank that's you. amazing. Thank you. Um, you mentioned a minute ago about how things have changed for you professionally. You know, talk for me, uh, uh, talk with me a minute about what has changed. I mean, how how are you different because of this? And how has that shifted, you know, before Don passed and then since then? what What's changed? I, I think on a couple levels. I think just kind of philosophically, you know, this existential growth of, you know, what really matters now and, and, and to not put as much pressure and, and worry into the things that my whole life I worried about because you realize with the fragility of life that does it really matter how much money I have or how much this bill is going to cost me or, you know, the things that really stressed me out just personally have gone away, have gone. And, and I, I kind of look at that as his gift to me because those are the things that 
used to drive him crazy that worried me so much. So it's almost <laughs> like I have this new perspective of what really matters, but right. professionally, um, an understanding and empathy, a level of compassion because of my personal experience that added to my professional and educational experience, I feel like can really help others in a different way. Um, I want to, I'm planning on, I'm, I'm working on my own, um, my own book and which I hope will be a different type of, not just a grief book, no offense to those grief book authors out there, but, um, to be able to help others in that way. Um, and I, and even in my own private practice, I'm, um, somehow people are, are coming to me. The universe, I think brings certain people in your life and, and a lot of my clients are experiencing loss or have experienced loss. And so I feel like I'm able to help that way differently as well. Um, and to continue in my own, you know, part of being a counselor is it's a lifelong journey of, of growth, professional growth. So my own focus and my own additional training is now shifting more towards grief and healing spirituality and loss has been a big part of this for me. So, so there, there are a couple of different levels of, of, of how I'm changing and hopefully being able to, to show up in the world in a different way. Well, and I'd have I'd venture to guess through this experience, it has allowed you to show up and serve differently than you ever would have in your old life. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny, not in a ha ha way, but when I got my dissertation or got my doctorate a few years ago, I was so proud and and I remember thinking, you know, I need to continue. You're supposed to continue your research and your writing, and I didn't know. So what's that? What's my focus going to be? And in a way, now. Um, and he heard that from me for many years. This is the focus. This experience has given me a platform, I guess, for lack of a better word, that now I know what what I want to focus on. I love it so much. Jean, thank you so much for being here today. For anybody thank who's you. listening, wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you and your story, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, there's a couple of ways. My um, my practice, my private practice, I have a lot of resources available, and I also offer counseling services and educational presentations. Um, DrGeneMiller.com is my website. I also want to give a, a, a really important shout out to Modern Widows Club. It is an international organization that has provided me so much personal support, continues to. I'm actually their research director, so I'm helping the organization conduct international research on widows to be able to help people. Uh, ModernWidowsClub.org for widows and widowers. There's an online um, support as well, but they also have local chapters if people need support and support groups. It's an incredible organization. So you can get in touch with me through either one of those, those avenues. You're amazing. And for anybody who's listening, we would love for you to follow us at Get Unstuck Radio. You can find our show pages on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And next week, we have another incredible guest coming, Dr. Heather Evans. Um, we'll discuss how making your health and wellness is a priority and can set you up for success. Jean, this has been such an amazing gift today. Thank you for sharing with us your beautiful story. And for anybody who is curious about learning about Jean, uh, check out drgenemiller.com. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, my friend. I appreciate this opportunity and it's been an honor. So I, I love the work that you're doing. You you amaze me and impress me. We've been friends for what, over 12 years. And in addition to that, just what you're doing professionally for mental it health. Feels like years, it feels like 200 years. It feels like 200 sometimes, <laughs> but that's all right. But I appreciate you. that the, Your words are kind and, and well-received. And, and just, again, thank you for being a guest and um, you know, sharing with us. I know that this probably was not easy to do, but it's because of you that you may make somebody else's journey easier. Thank you, Jason. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope we've helped you identify how you can overcome the mental block that's been keeping you stuck. Until we talk again, we wish you a great week.